Welcome to the Goracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, our production of Gorkong, in which we take the time to speak to small cap executives after they put out important news with us today. For all you HPQ shareholders, you know who it is, Bernard Turnion, CEO of HPQ, which trades in Canada out of the stock symbol HPQ. And for our friends in the U.S., out of the stock symbol HPQFF. For those of you in the story, a short intro, which also is going to make the current investors happy because uh, the words kind of speak for themselves. What you have to know is first, HPQ is a Canadian producer of innovative silicon solutions. They're building a portfolio of unique, high-value specialty silicon products that are needed for the upcoming renewable energy revolution. And they're doing that through the, through the uh, two innovative reactors that permit the one-step transformation of quartz into high-purity silicon and actually even further specialty silicon products. Uh, and they're doing that at significantly reduced cost, energy usage, and carbon footprint. What's the result? Well, more than just lip service, the company received its first order for spherical nanosilicon material from a major automobile manufacturer. We don't know who that is. And they've also signed an NDA and received a request for silicon material samples from a world-leading high-performance materials company. Here to talk about the company's latest press release, issued a U.S. patent for their PureVap quartz reduction reactor. Bernard, welcome back, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, let's talk about this. The How important is the patent issuance to you? How What changes as a result of patent issuance? Well, a lot changes. <laughs> Our technology is protected. Um, in a certain way, as we move away from being a resource company um, and to become a technology company, our main assets are our patent, our intellectual properties, our you know, technologies we're developing. And having the validation of getting a, the U.S. patent on this technology is, is crucial, is really important because that's what... Um, that what puts you in a different level. You know, you, when you're patent pending, it's nice, you're protected, but now you, you have a patent issue. Um, it also improves the credibility of what you're doing. Not that there's any doubt about pyrogenesis credibility sure. because there's multiple patents, but there was no patent attached to HPQ. So this one is attached to HPQ. If you look in the patent document, it is written owner HPQ. So in the, in the document, in the press release, sorry, because it's a document, in the press release, you talked about, because I'm assuming the timing of this is really good as well, and not that you timed it this way because you're not in control of what the U.S. Patent Office does, but timing seems right because you are going into your development and monetization strategy. Uh, so I'd like yeah. to discuss that a little further. You know, you mentioned that in the press well, release. W what does that mean? Flesh that out for us. Yeah, I'll, I'll flesh multiple things of what you said, you know, timing-wise. This is an, another example how difficult timing is, okay? We knew from the information that was published on the end of November of last year that we were going to be granted that patent, okay? Uh, but until you are issued that patent, it's not done. So it's one of those binary situations. So it's just to give an idea how how timeline works you know, we we got the the documents uh, we, we got the, the the validation that they were going to issue us a patent end of november and here we are march 8 and it's been issued it's like everything takes a sweet old time we started this process in 2016 if my memory is correct we have it now 
So we're protecting since 2016 up to for, for, for multiple years in the future. So that's the key important because that means in one of our big market, okay, which is the US, um, that unique disruptive process to transform quartz into high purity silicone in one step is protected by our patent. So that's that's one of the key things. And when we say develop and monetize, well, as part of developing for technology company, getting patent is one of those milestones we reach. How do we monetize? Well, the value of the patent, okay, suddenly becomes bigger. You know, when you have a patent pending, it's not the same thing as having a patent. So that increases the, the value of the companies and the assets of the company. So our strategy is we have multiple technologies that we're developing, okay? And we will find a way to monetize them. Now, for some people out there, it's mostly FUD agent. There's always a question of revenues, okay? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt, FUD. For yeah, so, was, so the, well, the people that- I guess the, the people heard of Elmer FUD. Yeah, you know, I'm starting to think that's probably where the name come from, you know? Probably like they were smart enough at that time when they did the, the, those classic cartoons that have that. Um, yeah, so that's the value of the of the technology develops start to have more concrete recognition. It's like it's the ultimate third party of you at least have something that's new, innovative, and it has, doesn't exist. And by the way, I presume not to cut you off, but I presume it's also got to make your discussions with client customers, potential customers, even stronger now because one of the first thing I know. Uh, a bigger company will ask is, hey, are you, are, do you guys have a patent on this? Or is it, because if it's not, it makes them, you know, just slightly more nervous because they want to make sure you not, guys walk down. Not client for say, but it's going to be mostly investors, institutional investors for them. That, that's sure, a key point. For clients, they just want us to be able to deliver. Now, it also, getting the patent also validate the fact that what we're doing has not been done. So that explains why it takes time because we're not repeating something. You know, as we said in the press release, that technology that started this, okay, was first invented in 18, what's the exact year? 1899. Yeah, 18, so we're completely rethinking how that is done. Okay, we're, we're, we're doing so changes. So, um, and the other fun part, okay, where our timing is perfect is A, um, you know, the price of silicone is going up, but that's a variation that, that we have to deal with. Uh, the more I read from the industry, the more I read. It's not going to be easy to start a new project to meet the demand. It seems to be now the recurring theme. Um, nobody invested in resource for so many years. Nobody invested in this for so many years that now that people need it, A, they don't have a clue how to do it. Okay. Uh, and B, it's complicated. It's really complicated. There's a, I was reading an interesting document that one of the barriers to entries is the complete lack of knowledge. There hasn't really been new silicone metal plant built, less than new processes. So one of the risks- That means you don't have around, a lot of people who have a lot of experience and knowledge around it. Absolutely none. Because the last were probably be built in the 60s, 70s, upgraded, maybe a few more, but there's not- so there's a few group of companies that have people, and I, and I know because I, I, I went through that, that process. And these big companies have gotten rid of their R&D division. They've gotten, they're ju they just know how to operate their old system well. That they know how to do. Uh, but having a completely new system that's doing completely wasn't part of a thinking process. What we've done with HPQ since 2015, we're doing this. So we have 
our own internal know-how. And also, I, I, I know people that have a lot of expertise uh, and those things that are gradually going to come as the project move along, come and join HPQ as we keep moving. So I feel very comfortable what we have. And, and by the going. way, having a new process doesn't necessarily mean you've got a better mousetrap. It doesn't necessarily mean you've, you've figured anything out. It just means you have a new process that doesn't work or is oh, well, terrible. It, but it, the fact it, that you've got the major automobile manufacturer who, you know, no, the, and, you're, and you're, you're, leading. George, George, you're mixing apple and oranges. Okay. The auto manufacturer is interested in, in the nano reactor, which is its capacity to take yeah. silicone. Okay and convert it into nano powders. In a certain way, our division HPQ Nano, okay? Of course. Is like any other Joe Blow Silicon or George Silicon Nano company, all right? Um, we were not limited to do our testing because we didn't have the QRR working, okay? We just we could buy polysilicone and other materials and use it equivalent and use it to, to do our testing to advance our project to do nanoparticle. And it is that capacity to convert the, the, the silicone into nanoparticle that brought us the orders. Okay. What's happening with the QRR and what completely differentiates us from all the other silicone anode manufacturer player is that we will also be making our raw material. Okay. Now since there is no new process, traditional process requires 30,000 metric ton a year, massive capital to entries. That means that all the other George nano silicone or silicone for battery manufacture, okay, has to buy its raw material from somebody. Now we know two things. We've discovered two things of the work we've done. A, regular metallurgy grade silicone metal does not work. It really doesn't work. The lowest purity material that these guys can tolerate is 3N, 4N. That's really what these anode silicone manufacturers are looking for. That is not a product that exists right now. It exists if you take metallurgy-grade silicone and further refine it to make it the product. So nobody can do that in one step. Okay. So if you picture this, we can make that raw material cheaper than the other guys get their raw material to do to purify it to make the raw material for batteries. The nano reactors strategy is to working on nanoparticle size. Okay. The reason being that if you're trying to do micron size for battery, uh, it's not going to be as our system, the nano reactors can be more efficient, but that doesn't mean we can't do it. So there's, there's really two things into it. So for us, What's exciting about the QRR is that we finally have our own internal source to make our own 4N material, okay, that we can develop. But I'm not, I'm not limited by the nano reactor's capacity. So demand is going to be coming from our 4N, and it, this is what the, um, the other company came in. And it's funny because it, 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 it's another one of those situations. The high-performance high materials. Yeah, high-performance. It's another one of those situations where uh, they want the product, okay? And I had to have a heart-to-heart -heart talk, talk with them, which basically says, say okay, guys, okay, I understand you want the product. I want to deliver it to you. Okay, this is a realistic timeline that I can deliver. And they stop and says, okay, we'll have to live with your timeline. What we do is so that, unique. That's saying something. Wow. 
What we do is so unique that people, there, you can't build a new uh, what we're doing. Okay, you, you can't repeat what we're doing, and now it's patented. Okay. And there's other and Bernard, a lot, a lot of people, you know, listen, a lot of people still don't know. Uh, look, they've got a lot of smart shareholders. Man, there's some unbelievable brains out there when I and I see some stuff they write that, but a lot of people still don't really understand um the practical side, which is how powerful position HPQ Silicon is now in, right? Yes. And there's actually there were some smart people that were investors a few years ago that turned into a FUD agent that were adamantly screaming, screaming that we would never get a patent for our process. Okay. So, and, and what's funny, funny without being funny, there was a bit of, of, how can I say, market reaction that was the same. The stock price was going down. People were looking for an excuse. And the entire storyline about the patent, and I'm talking here 2017, okay? Uh, the entire storyline about that became very, very big. And it was one of those binary situations where you can't really reply. We knew we were going to get it. We repeated it multiple times. At the end, we are proven right, that we were right. Yeah, but until you get it, until everybody get it, who wants it. to say you're not going to get it carries the day, right? It's, but it's, this is just it, another it, example of yeah. maybe shareholders should be just paying much more attention to what you and Pyrogenesis have to say because you haven't missed on anything yet. Yeah, there have been yeah, delays. Obviously, it takes some things take a little longer than you'd like them to take, but you guys haven't missed on anything, on anything yet. Um, I, yeah, that's the and and, and, and and that's the fact, and it's and, and and that's the key point. And now, as we get closer to the end of Q1, where the QRR start working, then that becomes more interesting because it opens up more avenue for us. So I really feel you know very happy to do that. So let's talk about that because that's in that's in the pressers too. It's a subheading: HBQ on target to start the PureVap uh, QR pilot plant. Just, let's discuss that. So you're going to become like I am with the guys at Pyro because I call them, if not daily, are we still on target? Yes, is the answer. Yeah, we're on target. Yes, is the answer. But it's one of those binary situations until we start, we're still in commissioning. So let me... But, kind of like the patent. It's kind of like the patent. So, you know, it's... it's, it's 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 just, it's always the same process, especially when you're doing advanced R and D. You're doing disruptive technologies. Okay, that's how it works. And yet, you make statements like this. This excerpt from the press release: We're the only company to bring to market a new process for making silicon that is perfectly suited to the new demands and realities of the silicon market. No one makes statements like that uh, without being very very confident. Right. Just to me, I read between the lines that says to me, hey, you're not going to make a statement like that unless you guys are extremely confident in More being bullshit or just what you people, said you got the relevant concept. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's George. The fact is, we have always been confident of what we're doing. OK, uh, we've always said what we've done. OK, where we're always wrong is on our timing. So what I'm trying to do is not put too much timing, put them in in a way that's, you know, gives us not wiggle room, just reality of these things happening. Okay. You know, it, it's, as, as I was explaining, I, and I will re-explain, okay, when you're building a new technology and you're starting it, 
it's not like getting a car out of the of the shop that's been you know a car they've built a thousand of those they know exactly how it's going to work it's a first it's a it's a unique it's it's a one in a million piece of equipment oh well you're in uncharted territory you're completely uncharted territory you're you are the tip of the spear okay there's nobody else on the planet I'm going to backpedal, but we're not that much in uncharted territory. We're on chartered territory of doing R&D. There is multiple steps of doing R&D, okay? As you get more and more advanced, okay, the you understand more of what's going to happen. So it's not, I don't want to get people to get scared. It says, oh, they're in chartered territory. They don't know what's going to happen. No, we have a good clue what's going to happen. We also well, know. I'm saying that in a good way. I mean, yeah, look, yeah, yeah. like Elon <laughs> Musk was in uncharted territory when he created his rocket program to get to Mars, right? It doesn't mean that we should be afraid of it, but you know, he was uncharted territory. There's nobody else that was there. So you kind of have to go with his timeline, but he, he hit the milestones. And all of this, you know, we've talked about a little bit in the past that the whatever delays, and it hasn't been that great, but whatever delays have taken place have almost played in your favor because we've been talking for a while now that the Silicon market has been in deficit and that's led to higher prices. But then on March 4th, on Twitter, uh, I'm going to read here, you posted, per Ferro Globe's latest investor call, the U.S. price for one metric ton of silicon as of the end of December 2021 reached $10,000 compared to $2,500 a year ago. Mm HBQ, PureVap, is is about to start producing silicon. And due to the war... The price will not drop anytime soon. I mean, that's a pretty big statement to make because Russian and Ukrainian silicon production capacity is removed from the market. So we thought we had perfect timing um, three, four, five months ago. And now it seems like uber perfect timing. Let's talk about how that this 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 rapid price appreciation will probably lead to more more phone calls coming in. It's definitely only the phone call once the QRR is started. Once we, because th- there's something happening right now. It's like the cost of everything is, you know, you, we're going to have to deal with it. We just know that conceptually, because we use, you know, we don't need as high um, raw material as uh, anybody else that we can tolerate. We, we can go higher purity. We know we have incredible cost advantage. Our process is simple. Uh, it's a reactor as opposed to a smelter. It doesn't sound like a big difference, but it is. Uh, the flexibility and the sizing that we can do allows us to go, how can I say, it will allow us to cherry pit the high value market, okay? So um, I think in the deck we're doing, there was a, and there's also an additional problem, which is there is no new production coming online because you, know, it's, you can't even get Chinese production to come and cover it. And as more and more processes get repatriated, what we're doing is going to become much more important. So um, just to give an idea, when we started this in 2015, 16, I think we probably did our first interview about this in 2016. Yeah, I think it was 2016 when we announced, or yeah, it was 2015 when we announced this. I think the price of polysilicone at that time was $14,000 a kilogram. And we were shooting to do 6N at $14,000 a kilogram. Now, here we are, 2N is selling for $10,000 a kilogram. 
And but that a doesn't mean or, 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 or uh, ten dollars a kilogram, ten thousand a ton. Sorry, right, like yeah. some, sometimes I, I confuse them. But yeah, but, I want to make sure we're on the same. No, thing. no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. We're, we're we're not yet talking about. So what the the market we are envisioned we had envisioned at the beginning, okay, is now better. But during that lapse of time when things took time, okay. There was a complete destruction of the price. The price of polysilicon went from $14 to $24, all the way down to eight. The price of metallurgic grade silicone metal always fluctuated between 2005 and 3000, 2000. It, it plays in that range. So it just plays in that range because when it gets to be too low, they, they cut off production. And when it's to be too high, they, they put more production into it. But we reach a point where there is none of that spare capacity anymore. Um, because, you know, the spare capacity, anyway, to make a long story, there's, there's no spare capacity. So there's, there's a need now for new capacity to come online, which is going to be driven by two Desperately. N. Desperately. It's going to be coming in by two N in the market, which is difficult to do. Uh, actually, difficult for the traditional process, very easy for us to do. So as, as we start the QRR and we start getting positive results and we start demonstrating we can do three N, four N, then it's going to get, I think there's going to be more and more phone calls. So that's part of the monetization. People are going to come and see me. I'm already in, there's already some groups that, that would like to get some exclusivity at, at marketing us, um, mark, marketing the products. So you've got, you've got potential, you've got potential, what, marketers, uh, third-party vendors that are I now have talking people. about marketing the product around the world? In specific markets, there's some people that want to do this. At this moment, I am still uh, reticent to advance this for a very simple reason. Um, I want to get a better handle on our entire cost structure in the sense that, you know, I want to go from rough order magnitude to, you know, pretty clear rough numbers of validation and, and all those information, which, which is the no normal part of the process. What is this, by the way, and I want to talk about ESG in a second, but I just want to finish this. What does this spike in silicon do to the cost structures of traditional status quo competitors? I mean, it, does this absolutely destroy their competitiveness because they can't go? Their 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 raw material costs are skyrocketing for some of them. Well, it it for the people that use it, okay, the cost is going to go. But you know, if you look in aluminum, okay, price of aluminum is going through the roof. There's a shortage of aluminum. It's it's a recurring effect everywhere else. So it's going to have an inflation-driven impact on everybody because the cost of silicon, because silicon is used in everything. And now when you add ESG principle, how is it made, you know, how traceable it is, then that comes to play in, into the concept. So it will have a, you know, certain bearing, long-time long bearing problem. It, will, it might also create a, a willingness to want to build a new plants but I think financiers now I've learned from past experience that they're not, they're not going to be crazy at financing $300 million for a new plan and $700 million for the resources to, to what it is. Like Devil's, I was advocate, though. Devil's advocate with the, sky, with the skyrocketing prices, might that actually happen? Where you what? have bankers and investors saying, I'm more willing to maybe finance a traditional old silicon plant at $300 million because the prices are going through the roof? I think I think that I think the choice between them is going to be financing that or financing us, and they're going to choose us because the 
the limitation of a system that was originally designed in 1899 are starting to show in the sense that the market is demanding for a pure product. The entire silicone demand for battery requires a product that the traditional silicone make makers cannot do in one step. It ends the question. So the markets of the future, okay, the market where exponential growth are going to be coming from, okay, cannot work with the material they're doing, as opposed to what we're doing. And, and on that note, I want to finish off with, let's talk about the ESG side, because we really haven't talked out about that a lot in the past. You're, got, you're going to have the lower CapEx. You're going to have the lower OPEX. You're going to have the lever, lower uh, use of energy, lower carbon footprint. That's all, that's all great. But the ESG is almost, so those are all quantitative uh, mm -hmm. elements, and you're leading all those. But the ESG side is... I don't, I don't want to say almost as important, but really high up there, right? Because if you could, if you could deliver all that, but it's, it's done in a dirty way or in a way that you know, isn't friendly to the environment, um, you, you, might, you might get all doors closed to you, but the ESG advantage that HPQ has, can you talk about that as to where you think that is as a further competitive element? Yeah, well... What happens, one of the concepts of DSG is traceability, okay? Um, and that's one thing that's very easy for us to offer. We can offer complete traceability and control because for a lot of our end buyers, let's say they're niche specialty market, but don't require a massive amount, we could probably even, you know, ring fence our production around it. I've already discussed this many times. Um, there's also other things that we're studying how to improve our ESG um, uh, or basically the 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 environmentally friendliness of our material, even though fundamentally our process is carbothermic, so it doesn't seem to be very environmentally friendly because it requires carbon. Um, so I think that's going to play into it, but that, that's going to be, I say, one of those issues that's not really clear. It's, it's an issue where you have to be, um, you have to be very cautious when you talk about ESG because ESG is used in every sauces. And in our case, what we, where we really make a differentiation is that we will be able to offer a product that's been used by anybody where we can offer full traceability on the material from the, the, the extraction of the mine all the way, because we'll know where we buy our material, we'll know how it is, we'll have our own uh, tech sheet, how we want materials to be done, as opposed to us bothering having mines. So, and at the end, you know, the electricity, we have to make sure it's, it's uh, hydroelectricity to, to do the material and, and we have control of this, but the rest of our process is relatively simple. Let's close with this. You've got the patent now and everything else that we've talked about that's happened recently and you know, you're almost mm -hmm. get QRRs ready to go. Uh, how strong do you feel today about the future of, of HPQ Silicon? That is, is it, and is it even stronger than how you felt? Because as you, as you, as you de-risk, as you keep checking boxes, I got to figure you get, you're getting more and more confident. How, how strong do you feel about the company? How, how good should shareholders feel about how the company is positioned uh, for this market? Um, I think, you know, it really depends. Like if shareholders only look at the share price um, and I can relate to some of them, you know, letting me know that that's the only thing they look at. Um, I understand that they're not happy with it as a large shareholder. So, so am I unhappy with it, but as I've said many, many times, the company is not the market. Okay. 
And the company is better positioned now. We're much more deleveraged. I'll go back to my experience I was saying like in 2017 when the issue happened with the, the patent and the share price came down, the FUD agent you know, piled it on, on, on me and, and, and all those issues. That was a much more difficult position because we hadn't finalized the financing. We only had one verticalities to work on. This was this work or this doesn't work. Here we are in 2022, we have at least three verticalities related to what we're doing, okay? With multiple different multi-billion dollars and markets that are gonna need our product. Um, don't, uh, like we've, we stopped talking that much about solar, but solar is gonna be coming back, you know, massively and aggressively. The silicone for batteries is gonna be big. Uh, fume silica is also gonna be big. So it's not at all the same situation. B, um, I've done, you know, yes, we are a non-revenue company. We're a technology developing company. And right now that's out of flavor for the market because it's a risk off. But, you know, we were able to deal with this because we're financed to reach our next big milestone operation. So we don't really need to go out and get funding to reach our big operational milestone, which will attract more people. And I know because I do talk to investors on a regular basis and, you know, Having money offered to me is not an issue for, for advancing the project because people that don't just look at the market now and, and look at it like this realize what we're doing, what we're building, or it's advancing. And I'm glad you differentiated between if an investor looks at the share price or looks at the company. That's why when I asked the question, mm -hmm. how strong, how do you feel about the position of the company? That's the only thing that matters to me and should matter to most people. Uh, yeah. yeah. Some stocks will be overvalued, undervalued, and we're not going to talk about that because that's for people at home inside. But the job here is to for you to convey the strength of the company itself mm -hmm. and the path. And it seems to me, Bernard, that it's pretty clear. It's stronger than ever. And uh, look, we're sitting here March the 9th. So end of Q1 is uh, 22 days away. So I'm hoping and presuming we're going to have you on by then at the latest, maybe even earlier. But thanks for coming on today as always, my friend. Thank you. For everybody at home, you've been watching or listened by podcasts on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Bernard Turion, CEO of HPQ Silicon Resources, trades in Canada under HPQ. And for our friends in the US, HPQFF. For those new to the story, because you can see it keep developing, you want to do your due diligence because there's a lot going on here. Like we said, this is cutting edge, tip of the spear kind of stuff. Start with Agoracom and the profile page of HPQ because we've got it neatly laid out in layman's terms. It'd be a good thousand foot overview of the company. And then once you're comfortable with that and you got the foundation, hop right over to the company's website, do your deep dive due diligence. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then, don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform, so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.